Hello, and welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 35. You have to really shift your current mindset into being open and to researching and finding out new ideas that work because we as adults, in a lot of ways, set in your own thinking from the time that we're, we're children. And so when we become parents and we're trying to help our children, these are, they're not, we can't just, it's not a one track for all. We have to really invest. And like she said, we have to invest time to get to know your child as an individual and what their needs are because every single one is different. And so I would just say you really have to start with your own mindset. Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you had been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you're going through your journey. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk, where we talk about all things ADHD. I have two wonderful guests. This is my first time having two guests today. We have Linz and Jen, and we are going to be digging into quite a few things. They have a lot of exciting journeys that they're going to talk about. And I'm also excited about talking about their platform, their podcast, and their YouTube channel. So Jen and Lens, welcome. How are you? We are good. Hi, Yakimi. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, we are so excited to talk to you. Yeah. Well, I am so excited you are here. So both of you introduce yourself and just tell the audience a little bit about each one of you. All right. Well, I am Linz and Jen and I are the creators and founders of the Mindset Moms. And this journey started out because we are neighborhood besties. And while we were on a walk one day, we were sharing our dreams and our passions. And we ultimately decided that we had a lot to share and a lot to say. And we knew that the community of women out there needed support. We needed support. So we decided to lock arms and we created our brand. And I am just real quick. I'm a mom of three girls. Mm -hmm. I have a 15 year old an 11 year old and a five year old. And I am a former behavioral health specialist and I worked in mental health for seven years. And then after that, I decided to substitute teach for a little bit to allow more flexibility to raise my girls. So that's my background. Very nice. Yeah. And I'm Jen. And so I'm a mom of five and I've been homeschooling for six years now. And my kids range from 10 all the way down to my two-year-old twins. So yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, you are. (laughs) But I do love it. It's, I love the, I call it happy chaos. And it's just, you know, a season of my life that I'm embracing and Along with that journey, like Lynn's alluded to, we are so excited to have our brand and um, we're hopeful to help women and our, our community and keep building it and just really, you know, share our experience and, and the tools and tips that we've learned along the journey to help. So very good. I actually didn't write this question down, but I want to ask you, why did you decide to homeschool? You know what? I'll say I actually decided to homeschool when I was pregnant with my first child. Okay. So, and he's 10. Um, It actually began with a conversation with 
my aunt, actually, my great aunt, I should say, who was a school teacher for 40 years. And she shared a different side of it. In her view, as the school system was just not the way it was supposed to be, and it's changed and evolved. And and so I took that piece, and then I gathered pieces from different people and my own gut, my intuition of why I wanted to homeschool. And so I kind of just already decided that's what I was going to do, and I felt committed with that decision. Okay. So I just rolled into it. So I do want to say though that um, I have had days where I'm like you're all out of here. All of you, you're starting tomorrow. <laughs> I can but imagine. I, I always like to say, I always say this, Lindsay can attest, you cannot make life-changing decisions off of emotions. So I know that those emotions flee. And so I let them roll off and we start fresh the next day. So that's how I started. I'm homeschooling purely because of the pandemic. Okay. My girls did virtual learning the last three months of the school year of our last year, and it did not go well. Mm -hmm. And being that I worked in education and my background is in education, I thought, you know what? I've got this. I'm going to homeschool. And it's been hard. I'm just going to say it's been hard. I want to add to her. I want to add to that really quick. And I remind her. It's totally different with a lot of parents rolling into this homeschooling journey being forced to. It's totally different. You're starting off with a mindset that isn't the same. And so I've been reminding her and and it's not the same. We can't go on field trips like we want to because of the lockdown. We can't do a lot of things that we normally would do. Fridays for me were like my field trip Fridays. Mm. You know, I would always take them somewhere. So I just wanted to add to that. And so I wanted to remind also other parents that if you're feeling the same way, I tell people all the time, like the virtual schooling and the homeschooling and lockdown is not the same. So if you have even a little bit of that seed that you still want to do it, just hang tight. (laughs) It does make a big difference to your point, because when I had my kids home now, keep in mind, I was also working full time and trying to also build my platform. So having my kids at home, making sure that they're doing their virtual learning. And like, to your point, I couldn't take them anywhere. So like right. even if during my breaks, it wasn't like I could take them to the library, which was closed. I couldn't take them to a museum. I mean, we did everything right. in-house. The only thing we could do is walk around the block, right? <laughs> And that's, right. it makes a big difference. So I completely it understand. Does. Yeah, it that does. does make a big difference. Okay. So I want to dig into each one of your stories. So Jenna, I want to start with you. So let's talk about the ADHD diagnosis first. So what age was your child diagnosed with high functioning ADHD? And then how did you take the diagnosis? Okay. He was diagnosed officially uh, right before he turned six years old. Okay. But I want to say that I already knew before his official diagnosis, I knew just from reading about behavioral um, issues or, you know, different types of characteristics. And also along my homeschooling journey, I became really, really close with a tutor I had hired and she's Mm. basically like family now and she has high functioning ADHD. Mm. And when she started coming to my home and she said, mama, you know, your, you know, writer has ADHD, right? And I said, I thought about it. She goes, oh no, he has it. And he has high functioning ADHD. 
And so she actually went to the doctor's appointments with me. She just became this huge advocate. And I know God placed her in my life for a reason. Mm -hmm. No doubt in my mind. It just was aligned perfectly. So with that said, when I heard the words from the doctor and he basically said, oh, no, I am diagnosing your son with high functioning ADHD. No doubt about it. It was cumbersome a little bit, but I also it was I was a little relieved because Mm -hmm. I think as a mom, we can all attest that we when we know that there's something off we will go far and beyond and dig up whatever we have to, to figure out what it is and how we can help. So I, I did drag my feet in the sand for a while because I'm a hippie at heart and I just didn't really want a diagnosis. And I didn't want to go down that whole journey of, Oh, there's a possibility of medication and so forth and, and on. So who I am now as his mom helping him, a year ago is totally different. My eyes have been open to Mm. a lot more, um, you know, avenues that I just wasn't open to before because I just never went to those avenues, if that makes sense. So it was heartbreaking too, though, because I just knew that after learning about the diagnosis and ADHD and I just knew that it was going to be a little rough for him and, you know, his age factor was, is, is huge too. You know, he was almost six years old. So just trying to explain to him what that was. So I started buying the books and reading and taking little online courses and whatever, whatever I could do to really grab the tools I needed to share with him. And now today he knows, and we talk about it, like it's nothing, you know, it's, it's who he is. It's a part of who he is. It's not, I I came from being sad and more on the negative side to just basically, you know, accepting it and uh, using what he has as, as looking at it as a gift. Nice. So, and what he can do to help other people in the long run. So it's still a long journey. Mm -hmm. I still have days. I know you can attest. I have Mm -hmm. days where I literally feel like I was put through the ringer, (laughs) (laughs) you know, mentally, physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally. Um, I'm still learning and I have a lot more to learn. So that's where we're at today. He is on medication now. And like I said, I went in kicking and screaming. I I understand. I did not want to do it. Yeah. Uh, I just really thought that diet and exercise and, and, using tools mentally would help him. But at the end of the day, I understand that it is a chemical imbalance and it's Mm -hmm. just a different way of how the brain works. So here we are today. We are on our third round of trying trial and error with medication. And we are also seeking, he is also going to therapy now, Mm -hmm. and that has been really amazing for him. And he's open to talking about it. You know, I ask him, how do you feel today? What do you think about this medicine? Is it helping you? And he understands and he's able to know when he's not feeling well and when he's feeling better. So he's been able to talk to me and tell me, I actually really like this kind of medicine. So I think we should keep, keep on this medicine. I'm like, (laughs) okay, got it. (laughs) That's good. No, that is really, really good. So for parents who are struggling, whether they should even go down that path and getting their child diagnosed, one for stigma. And then, like you said, you had a tipping point where you said, you know what, let's try the medication path. 
just for that whole aspect, what would you say to parents if they're just struggling on those decisions? I have a lot to say, but I think my main points today would be to not feel bad and not feel like it's a bad parenting decision to look for options for your child. Mm -hmm. I also want to allude to the fact that every child with a diagnosis is, is different. Every single child yeah. with, it doesn't matter what diagnose, the diagnosis might be the same, but your child is still an individual and their reactions and symptoms can be different. Okay. I would say that you need to reach out to a support group ASAP, mm. ASAP. You, Yakini, have been such like a wealth of knowledge. I was so excited when we found you. Yes. I think Lynn's found you and I was like, I was oh excited. my <laughs> gosh, give me all of the information. You, your story, your journey, all the, the information you share is so helpful. I can't even just say with words how grateful I am. So I would say you need to reach out to a community and ask for help. Mm -hmm. Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel ashamed. Yeah. Don't feel, don't look at your child like it's the, you know, it's a huge disability because I think, you know, I grieved as a mom, I grieved that the child I thought he was going to be was different. Okay. So I want to say to accept that grief and go through that grief and then start to learn who your child is with this diagnosis, start to get to know your child on a different level. You're going to have to start thinking differently. You're going to really need to educate yourself. There's a huge ideology and there's stigmas on behavior in general with children. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine that that whole mindset is really hard with dealing with a child with high functioning ADHD. Mm -hmm. It's hard because you're going to be hearing stuff from from many people that, oh, it's not that it's a behavioral issue. They're doing that on purpose. They're doing that for attention. I want you to block all that out and mute it out and get to know your child and then listen to your mom heart. Because at the end of the day, I, my mom heart has never been wrong <laughs> and God gave us that for a reason. Right. So I would just, those are my tips for now. And mm -hmm. you just really have to dive in and educate yourself and be open-minded. Nice. Very nice. So you have five children, as you said, and one with cerebral palsy. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Spastic cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do you manage your day? I mean, you are homeschooling, you have five children, there's a lot going on. How do you manage your day? Well, every day is different, <laughs> but I will tell you the staples that I use for every day is time blocking and also making sure that I give myself, I, I fill my cup in the morning, not just with my coffee, but with my spiritual and emotional and mental time. And so in the morning, I am really big on reading. Um, I read a page of my devotional. I may listen to a podcast while I'm getting ready or cooking breakfast. And then I also make sure that I'm um, just being quiet and listening to, to myself and my thoughts. And I pray. And, you know, use words of affirmation of how I want my day to go and what I'm grateful for. And um, then I roll into the time blocking. So okay. like I said, day to day is different. My son with cerebral palsy is actually is a different child from just 
October, November, I would say he couldn't even walk in October mm. and November. And now that kid is running everywhere. That is okay? awesome. So he has really surprised us all and has made leaps and bounds of like recovery and healing. And that's not to say that it's still, you know, ha- has um, extra stress and task on my day, but it's made a big difference. And at the end of the day, I think what I tell other moms or friends that are struggling is that, you know, when someone asks me how you do it, mm-hmm. you just do it. It's, you don't really have a choice not to do it. it, it you do, but it's, you're not going to get anywhere and you're not going to feel fulfilled right. or, you know, be the the parent or role that you want to be. So those two things that I, I do, the, the time blocking and then making sure that I fill my cup in the morning has been my like saving grace. <laughs> if I didn't have those two tools and utilize those mm-hmm. two things, then I would be a hot mess, <laughs> a hot mess because it's like, it's like trying to go. I don't know. I, I don't even know an analogy that would make sense. It's like trying to go literally chase around toddlers in a soccer field and decide which one you're going to get first. You got one going into the street, one going, you know, into the woods and one going over here. Like, who do you get? That's what my day would look like if I didn't do those two things. And it may still look like that, but I'm at least a little more. It's like organized chaos. Organized. (laughs) Yes. So I have to be organized, time blocking and fill my cups. So that's how I manage my day. Very good. Very good. So thank you, Jen. So Lens, you have a child that's not diagnosed with ADHD, but you are still struggling with behavior issues. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Okay. So (laughs) what does some of that look like just so the audience can understand? Okay. So I want to preface this by saying my husband has high functioning ADHD. So Jen can attest to this. (laughs) He does. And so I've always, my husband and I have been together since high school. Mm -hmm. So we're talking like 20 years. And so I've learned inadvertently how to manage his behaviors and deal with his tendencies. And so I've always known that there was a possibility that any one of my three children could inherit that gene. Mm -hmm. And my middle child who's 11 definitely has some uh, trouble with focusing, but she doesn't have the hyperactivity behavioral component. Mm -hmm. Now my youngest child who is five does. And this last year has really stretched me thin Mm -hmm. her behaviors. and, And I'll go into what some of those are. Her behaviors have challenged me in a way that I, I think that's why I found you, to be honest, because I'm a fixer and a researcher and I love the Instagram community. And when I found you, I was like, yes, like (laughs) I needed all of your tips and tricks. So my five-year-old, and this is really hard. And I hope that anybody who is listening, maybe this helps because prior to us being home all the time, I never saw any of these behaviors. Mm. So I'm really having a hard time struggling with, is this because my child is not getting stimulated and is not socializing with with new Mm -hmm. faces? Mm -hmm. Or is this something that she is developing because she is at that school age where you start to notice some of these behaviors? So behaviors that she exhibits are things like whining. And these are all new, like 
excessive whining, Mm -hmm. um, resistance to anything. And the biggest one for me is the negative self-talk. It's, I don't know how Mm. to do this. I'm dumb. This is too hard. And just like those types of behaviors, which I'd never seen from her before. And I just am really, really struggling because as a mom, I don't want her. I want her to be positive. I want her to feel good about herself and, and her capabilities. And she is incredibly bright, like very, Mm -hmm. very bright. And so I'm piecing all of these things together. She has trouble with focusing. She is incredibly bright, but only in areas and only has interest in things that she wants to do at Mm -hmm. that moment. So if I ask her to complete an assignment that she has no passion or desire to do, it is a guaranteed meltdown, like full on meltdown. And I'm hearing things like, you know, you're, you don't love me. You just yell at me all the time. And it's, it's completely heartbreaking for any parent out there. One thing that I read that I'm pulling up on my phone right now because I wrote it in my, in my notes is a child's big emotion can trigger an adult's big emotion. Mm -hmm. And that has literally been my anthem this Mm -hmm. past year is her behaviors have triggered sides of me and emotions out of me that I didn't even know I had. Mm -hmm. And I thought I cannot parent like this. This is not healthy for her. This is not healthy for the other children in my home. And I don't like it. I don't feel good about it. And so that's kind of a snapshot of what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And I'm sure parents can definitely relate. So because this is new, what do you think your next steps would be? So what do you, what do you think that future path is going to look like? Well, so I've been thinking a lot about this because I'm really at a crossroads right now in terms of, do I want to continue homeschooling? She, my daughter is begging to go to school. I honestly think she would thrive in a school setting. I think that's part of her behavior is that she's in a isolated area with her 11 year old sister and they butt heads all day long. And it just is not a good environment. Thank you. (laughs) Anyways, I'm really wondering if once she gets into a different setting or when things start to change a little bit, um, whether I continue to homeschool or not, I'm really interested to see if those behaviors she's exhibiting at home carry over into other settings. And so if they do, then that will be the time when I need to maybe sit down and have a little more of a discussion with my pediatrician, Mm, my husband, and pursue those avenues. I am no stranger to mental health. I worked in that field for several years. Like I mentioned before, I myself struggle with anxiety. And so I look at my husband, he's very successful Mm -hmm. and he is extreme ADHD to the max. And so in my house, it's like, it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, you work with what you've got. And I just laugh because we joke, like, I'm like, Oh, okay. I know what writer. Okay. Aaron writer, you're giving me hope. (laughs) So I know what writer, there's so many similarities to some of the random outbursts, not negative, just random outbursts that writer does that I seen Aaron. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> and to clarify, Ryder is her son. Aaron is Ryder is my son. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So I've really learned Jenna's been a huge mentor. You, mm. I love the things that you post Thank on you. your Instagram <laughs> because no, seriously, yeah. because I really take your tips and I hope anyone who's listening knows that your page is valuable and a wealth of information, not only for parents um, or or adults who have ADHD, but for anyone who's dealing with behavioral issues like myself, because I, you know, my daughter very well may have ADHD and she's just not diagnosed Mm. with it yet. And I'm sure you can attest to this. I just wanted to also share something that I'm part of some other groups with ADHD parents on Mm -hmm. Facebook and One thing that I want to remind parents is don't be quick to find a diagnosis. Meaning if your child is four or five and they're having behavior that the teacher is telling you is bugging them, please, please do not go rush and try to find something to diagnose them with. Because I feel like a lot of times, like Lindsay said, that's a very common age that children are changing and evolving and finding their own voice and their own behavior. And there's just, they have big emotions and these little bodies that they're trying to articulate into words and behavior. So please don't rush to go get a diagnosis. Make sure that you are really getting in tune with yourself and your child and figuring out, well, does something change in our household? Has there been a change in their school? Has there been a change in, you know, something and nearby, like those things affect behavior. So I just wanted to add to that. And I'm sure that you, I know yeah. that you talk about that too. Absolutely. Yeah. So Lynn, how do you balance what is going on with her and then with your other children? How do you balance it all? Oh, that's a great question. So I've had to learn a lot. I've had to learn to give attention to positive behaviors and really praise the good things Mm -hmm. and really limit the attention to the negative things. And that has been very difficult for me because I immediately am like, do your work, stop fighting you know, those types of things. And I've had to learn. And like I mentioned earlier, my five-year-old and my 11-year-old, oh my goodness, they butt heads like there is no tomorrow. And honestly, it's been very difficult to manage. And the only advice I can give is that I separate them. That's, that's what I have to do. Oh yeah. I -hmm. have to dedicate special time to each child since I'm homeschooling and I have to do it separate because when I try to do it together, then it becomes, well, I need help too. And she is distracting me and she is making a noise with her tongue and it's just the list goes on. And then I get mad. (laughs) Then my emotions start building and then it's like a volcano, you know? need to be quiet. You need to do your work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I separate. I don't have any like fancy answer other than I am really trying to praise. I'm looking right now at my whiteboard. We're in my schoolroom and I literally have a behavioral chart written on my whiteboard and it's for my five-year-old. And I basically, every time she does something positive, 
she gets a positive mark and we have an incentive. And my middle daughter, who's 11, I don't use that type of reward system for her, but she has rewards in other ways. She has a phone and she has like video games that Mm -hmm. she likes to play. So it's basically the reward system and separating when they are just at each other's throats. (laughs) Yeah. And people don't realize that is a really good method. I mean, So I had to do the same thing with my children also, and they tend to, but has, they are two years, two weeks apart, very similar personalities, both are a type and they just get on each other's nerves. (laughs) It just, it is what it is. So a lot of times I had to separate them now slowly, but surely they are getting a lot better being in each other's space. So there is hope, but that took therapy. It took trying different things. And when I say therapy, I mean family therapy, because I got to a point where I felt like this was just going to continue if I couldn't figure out how to make it better. And that has helped quite a bit. So yeah, people don't realize that sometimes just separating them for a period of time is okay too, because then they're not getting each other's nerves or in each other's space, you know, in that moment. So yeah, so I completely agree with that. And I want to add one thing really quick is that sometimes I separate myself. Truly, I go upstairs and when I need a moment and that's something I never used to do, but I have to take moments for myself because when I'm feeling, you know, as a, as a mother and as parents, we have to learn how to manage and regulate our own behaviors Exactly. before we can learn how to manage and regulate our children's behavior. And I think it's perfectly healthy for my girls to see the fact that I'm struggling Mm -hmm. and I need a break. And I I will say to them, you know what I, you guys, the fighting is getting really bad. I'm feeling myself getting really upset. I need to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. So what other, so you mentioned a couple of positive strategies in in terms of using your board. Is there any other positive strategies that you use to help with her behavior? So I have one more thing that I do, and I actually, of all places, found it in the Target dollar spot, good old Target. (laughs) And it's simple. Anyone can make it at home. It is two jars and they're little felt pom-pom balls. And Mm -hmm. on the jars, it came with stickers. And I had both of my girls actually fill out Mm -hmm. their own incentives. So seriously, it's the bottom level is a pack of gum because I don't know why, but my kids love gum. So so we, we label the jar in levels and every time they do their chores without prompting, they have a great day without a lot of fighting and excess because let's get real there's fighting every day, but <laughs> I have to just like manage my expectations. So that little pom-pom jar works really well actually. And when Mm -hmm. they fill the jar up, we have like big incentives, like spending the night at a friend's house. That's been a little bit hard lately, but pizza night, movie night, things like that. We try to do like a family night. And that was just like an easy thing to, Mm. to do. Oh, nice. I like that. I like that. So what are your steps or your first steps that you would recommend for parents if they're going through something that's very similar? So just what should they start with? 
Okay. So being that I'm literally going through this right now, it's a mindset. No surprise. We are the mindset moms. And there's a very clear reason as to why that Mm -hmm. is our brand, because Mm -hmm. we recognize that your mindset is the foundation and the basis to everything in Mm -hmm. your life. And for me, I had to quickly change my mindset. Mm -hmm. And I encourage any parent. And what I mean by that is to really evaluate your thoughts about your situations, your, your attitude that you have going into each day is huge. Are you going into the day already with a negative mindset? Like you're irritated and overwhelmed, or are you going into each day being positive and uplifting your children? So that would be my first um, tip. My second one, is to look at your parenting practices that you're doing right now, if you're doing any and see what's working and what's not audit them because there were things that I was doing that just flat out were not working. Right. Yelling does not work. Sending your kids to their room 500 times a day does not work. Right. So I had to sit down and say, okay, what works? What are the things in their life that they love that will motivate them to change those behaviors. And I found those things, the video games we have, um, outside with our neighbors playing, we have just little things like that. Mm. So mindset and finding good incentives for your kids and research. I had to research. Mm -hmm. I found pages like yours. I have no shame in reading parenting books and Googling and finding parenting tips because I want to share with our community, because I know I'm not the only mom out there who's struggling with this. I love that. I love that. So for you, do you also have any tips just in general in terms of how do you, what are the first steps to, if they found out their child has ADHD or any other type of situation that's going on, what would be that first step for you in your mind? Well, if my child was diagnosed by a doctor and it was like a on paper type of a thing. Honestly, my first thing is making sure I'm on the same page with my significant other. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge thing, especially since my husband has those tendencies already. His outlook is more like, well, I figured out how to manage my emotions. They just need to figure it out. And yeah. so my first thing would be to make sure that you're on the same page with your significant other, your spouse, whoever that is. And if you don't have that in your life is finding that support system, like Jen mentioned yeah. um, earlier, getting plugged in to that. Also just invest if you can invest your money, invest your time and reading and listening to podcasts and things like that, because it's really helpful feeding your mind every day with positivity yeah. and tips and tricks and all of those things. Love it. Yeah. Go ahead. You want to say something, Jim? I was just going to say it literally circles back to mindset. You have mm-hmm. to really shift your current mindset into being open and yeah. to researching and finding out new ideas that work because We as adults, in a lot of ways, set in your own thinking from the time that we're we're children. And so when we become parents and we're trying to help our children, these are, they're not, we can't just, it's not a one track for all. We have to really invest. And like she said, we have to invest time to get to know your child as an individual and what their needs are because every single one is different. And so I would just say you really have to start with your own mindset. 
that you're ready to change, that you're open-minded, that you're ready to invest the time and money if you have to, to help this child, because just slapping a label or diagnosis and then giving medication is, does not, (laughs) it's not the answer. Correct. There's so much more to the whole idea. And that's what I learned too. I have had even some of my own family. Well, have you tried this? Well, what about this? Well, he's not, he's so different at my house. And what about that? And so I want to really, and and it's because they don't know. And it's, I want to say too, to not take it personal because it can be really hard not to take it personal as the mother, because as a mom, you feel like your child reflects your parenting skills. And I want to say that it's, doesn't. Okay. It does to a point. Yes, it does. But like I said, I'm going to sound like I'm repeating myself, but they're individuals and these individuals have different needs and they have different brains and their minds work differently. So I just want to remind the parents listening that it's okay to feel frustrated, but you don't have to listen to every single person talking to you from, you know, your family dinner or, or visiting with relatives because a lot of times that's their way of communicating with you and just a casual conversation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they don't really know how much it affects you with saying things like that. So I just really want to say, just get ready to put a guard up per se, because you're, it's going to take a while for you to find that um, strength with your mindset to help your child Mm -hmm. and find that, find that peace that nothing anyone says is going to influence you to change your mind of what you're doing. Because once you find out what your child needs, we all know that as mothers, we will do whatever it takes to get there. Yeah. You will just keep going and keep going. So I just want to say, just keep at it and it will be frustrating, but you know, your child needs you and you need you to be healthy in that mindset because they watch you. They can Mm -hmm. listen to you all day, but they watch our actions. So Exactly. And I like that because one of the things I always say is it does take time. It takes trial Mm -hmm. and error. It takes flexibility and you have to be okay with it. It may take years before it really clicks. For Mm -hmm. me, it took years. My son is now 10 and I say, I probably have it now. (laughs) I mean, it took a long time to really grasp what he needs and he's going to change again. Right. I mean, he's only right. 10 years old. So right. being flexible and like you said, not listening to people chirping in your ear, you got to be mm-hmm. okay with not doing what they do. So I love that. So thank you. Okay. So how do you think you each have grown as parents through these struggles? Oh, <laughs> I know. Speaking for myself, like I've already mentioned, I have grown tremendously. I mean, my go-tos were, you need to listen to me because I said so. That was how I parented right? because, because I'm the parent and I'm telling you to do that. So you need to listen. And so now I've really shifted it into, okay, that is not working. So it's just a whole a whole new arena, right? She's come, she's done a 180 with her approach on a lot of things. And it's Mindset. been so incredible. It literally, it's been so incredible for me to be a part of that journey with her and watch her. Not to say that anything she was doing before was wrong. It just wasn't working for her mm-hmm. and her approach with the family. And I've even heard her daughters make comments like, you know, that are positive mentioning her parenting and just the relationship that she has with her daughters. Now it just really makes you change as a person 
And it builds a relationship that's more of just rules and regulations. Because I think from our era, it's, you know, that saying just drives me freaking crazy, by the way. Well, my parents did this and I turned out okay. No, you didn't. (laughs) No, you didn't turn out okay. (laughs) And if anyone says that, then you need to have a self-evaluation because most chances are, no, you're not okay. And, And I'm not saying that like to really ruffle any feathers, I'm just being real, you know, it takes a lot to humble yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think being humble is probably also another big step to take. Yeah. That right there. You need to humble yourself. Okay. Yes. Pat yourself on the back for where you've come and that you have a great job in a house. Okay. Good for you. But how are you intellectually? How is your relationship with your child? And here we go with the other naysayers and the other rebuttals that are, well, you can't be friends with your kids. Yes, you can. You can be an authoritative figure and you can be a friend. There's different roles we play as a mom. And I will say, you know, yes, there's areas where it's no, it's, it is because I said so, because it's for your safety and it's because I love you. I think what Lindsay meant and what I mean by that is it's a different approach. It's approaching things in a different way where you have to remember just because they're 10, it doesn't mean that they're not an individual and they don't think of things. Okay. So if you tell them to do something and you say, because I told you so, they're not learning squat from that. They are learning nothing from that. You can teach them in a way you can tell them the reason why I told you this is because X, Y, and Z, then they can put the two together and go, Oh, well, that makes sense. Exactly. I get it. Yeah. And I'm taking this, I had a mom, I had a mom and a dad who were literally night and day, hence that they got divorced when I was six months old. But I will say that having the two different personalities and the traits that they brought into my life really did influence who I turned out as an adult. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of those traits did not work for me to take those and parent my own children. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your goal should not to be to use what your mom and dad did. It should be to better yourself, mm-hmm. to be better than what your mom and dad did, to be better, to raise your children. So that's what I have to say about that. Ben's <laughs> <laughs> getting fired up. <laughs> that is awesome. So Jen, so for you, as far as the struggles, how has it helped you become a better parent? Oh, well, I will say, I say that with that oof, because there's some days where I have to humble myself like 50 times a day because it's true. I have my husband home full-time right now. I just want to say that. And it's a blessing, but it's also hard because we are both Gemini's. I don't know if anyone believes in astrology. I do to a point, but just to, to mention our characteristics and our personalities that it can be rough because, you know, I have built my routine and my ways with my kids. And then he comes in and wants to take over. And I'm like, you better back on up because this is my area. (laughs) So that's why I've had to humble myself with my children and with my, my role as a wife. And so I would say that I have learned a lot of patience, more patient. I thought I was really patient before, Mm. but I have learned a whole new level of patience. And with that, it's literally mindset. Mm -hmm. I have learned how to de-escalate myself. Mm -hmm. I used to get escalated quickly with certain scenarios. Like I said, I could be really patient in one area. And then there was other areas where I could go to zero to 60 in a hot minute. And when I would do that, I would just go to the other room. 
But what I've been trying, what I've learned actually in this past year is that I have the power to choose my reactions. Mm -hmm. I get to choose how I react, not my brain. So that's where it comes in with the mindset play. It's literally exercise and it's literally talking to yourself every day. It really is. It's exercising these thoughts and attaching them to emotions so that your reaction is the way you want it to be in a healthy way. Love it. Love it. And then how do you get some time for yourself? So Lens, you mentioned, you know, stilling away, just getting away for that 10, 15 minutes of time for yourself, Mm -hmm. but just in general, how do you get time for yourself to reset, to do some self-care? Oh, we are huge, huge advocates of self-care. If Mm -hmm. you pop on over to our Instagram, the mindset moms, you will see a lot of self-care tips on our feed because we know how important it is, like Jen said earlier, to make sure our cups are filled. So some areas of self-care are for me, I try to walk in the mornings, Mm -hmm. every morning, Mm -hmm. um, Jen and I both share our morning routine. It is sacred for both of us. I get up before my kids to start my day with some quiet. I also love listening to podcasts like while I'm driving or taking Mm -hmm. a shower. Mm -hmm. Um, I sneak my self-care in all day long. And I, and I don't mean sneak, like it's a bad thing, but what I mean is that self-care doesn't have to be an hour long massage once a month. Self-care can look like reading a book at the end of the night, uh, listening to, you know, music, watching your favorite show. There's just so many different forms of self-care I could go on and on. It's more than just aesthetics though, for me. Yeah. You need to plan it in your day. Yes. So like we said, we're really big on routines and time blocking and mm-hmm. you literally need to put it into your day and not feel bad about it. And like Lindsay said, it, it self-care is not just aesthetics. You know, it, if it's reading for 20 minutes while your kids are napping or even give them a quiet time, I'm really big on after lunch. If we usually mm-hmm. go outside, but usually I try to put in a time block where they it's quiet time. You go pick out a book all of them. You pick out a book and you're Mm -hmm. in your room and I put some music on and a timer on. You're in that room with your book and quiet time until until that timer goes off. And that's something I started implementing a couple of years ago and it's been amazing. So with, you know, and I get to choose where I want to put that time for my self-care and it's usually reading or catching up on podcasts or even just sitting, Mm -hmm. sitting on the couch and not being bothered and even if it's watching a show, you don't always have to be nonstop on the go all day. I think that's another thing that women struggle with and moms, you don't always have to be nonstop all day long. And that is part of self-care is making sure that you take a time out and you really just can be, mm-hmm. it's whatever you like. Nice. Love that. And so just to close it up, can you talk about your YouTube channel a little bit more, your podcast. You talked about how you started it, but just give us some more details around that. So last year, so January, 2020 was when we decided to embark on this venture. We decided that we were going to build a community to help other moms. And we were going to start a YouTube channel. And our brand previously was called two moms, same hood, because Mm -hmm. we live across the street from each other. (laughs) So 
that's where the brand started. And when we were making YouTube videos, basically on mom life, homemaking, homeschooling, mm -hmm. just any tips and hacks and tricks, anything that pertained to our life on the day to day. And so by the end of December of 2020, about, you know, just a few months ago, we both kind of felt burnt out. We felt like it just what we were doing and the content we were putting out there just wasn't like where our hearts were. Mm -hmm. And we are both obsessed with mindset and the brain. And we've both had our share of past traumas and things that we've worked through. And we just kind of decided that we needed to shift gears. And that was where the mindset moms kind of mm -hmm. came about. So our YouTube videos that we still have our YouTube channel, it's, they, it's been a bit on the back burner because we launched our podcast in February. Mm -hmm. So since January of 2021 is when the mindset moms was created. Our podcast was launched. We also have a website on Kajabi where we are gearing up to release courses on mindset and motherhood nice. and how to manage your time and coaching and all the things. So that's kind of where our journey has led mm -hmm. us. It didn't start out with mindset. It's been a journey, just that. Yep, absolutely. And we just decided, you know, we've felt convicted since we started our brand January, 2020, that our goal was to help women and their motherhood and mom life and all of that. But like she said, you know, we both felt so on fire about rebranding and it was, I want to say the transition was, it was hard work, but it was just everything opened up. Like it was just really meant to be oh, like totally. doors kept opening up. That was, you know, it just all, fell into place like it was supposed to. Right now we're as any business, we're in the messy middle because mm -hmm. we, you know, we have a lot going on and we're, you know, the courses that we've been creating and all of that. So that's that's where we're at. That's how mindset the mindset moms was born. That's really exciting. And I absolutely love your material. So I haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast yet, but I've I've combed through some of your videos. That's how I was able to get some of the questions. I mean, they're just they're wonderful videos, very honest, and I, I just love them. And then, as you know, I'm following your Instagram page and reading all of your material. So you guys are doing such a wonderful job. So thank you for bringing your information to the audience. So I appreciate oh, thank that. You. Thank you. Yeah. I feel the same way. <laughs> it's wonderful. So just to, so last question, uh, well, actually I have a couple more, just any last minute thoughts, any last minute tips, just to kind of summarize what you have shared so far. What do you have for the audience? I think the biggest takeaway is to, first of all, fill your own cup. It's something that we are extremely big on. Make sure that you are managing your own emotions first as a mama and making sure that your needs are being met so that you can help your child. Mm -hmm. Also, um, seek help, educate yourself. Mm -hmm. It's It's not your child and their diagnosis, or even if there's not a diagnosis, if you're struggling with certain behavioral issues, don't take that as a poor reflection on you mm. as a person or as a parent. I think that's something I really want to drive home okay. is that that doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't no. mean that you're not doing a good <clears throat> job. It just means that you need to pivot and you need to do things differently. Love it. Yeah, she pretty much she pretty much said it all. I mean, it's at the beginning and the end of the day, it's all about mindset. And you really have to remind yourself that 
you're doing the best you can. And also I'm really big on reaching out for help and being part of a community that has tips for you. There's just literally the IG community is, I think has been such a positive impact on women more so than the negative. I'm going to say, I feel and, you know, just take the help that you can get and remember that you're not alone. And that's our biggest takeaway too. And why we created our brand is we want you to know that you're not alone. And when you feel like you're not alone, it can be enough to just literally change your life Mm -hmm. and give you the power to keep going. So that's all I have to say to add to that. (laughs) Nice. And is there any type of, so you mentioned podcasts, are there any specific podcasts or books or YouTube channels that you have um, follow that you can, because I'd like to list some of the things that you guys um, check out. So is there any that you can advise the audience to listen to or watch or read? (laughs) Yes. So there's one of the books, um, I, I believe it's on the top of my head. It's literally called ADHD Parenting, I believe. I can try to send that to you so you can add it into Mm -hmm. your notes for the video. And then I have, like I said, just have found pages on Facebook and Instagram, Mm -hmm. you know, just typing in what it is that I needed help with when I first started my journey with cerebral palsy and ADHD. And then also some of the podcasts that I love for the brain and understanding for me was, um, is Dr. Caroline Leaf. Okay. She's amazing. There's Dr. Amen, A-M-E-N. He has facilities all over the United States and he has amazing books that I'm reading right now. The brain is always listening. That's a really good book. And then also from Dr. Leaf is the, what is it? The mental mess. Yeah. Cleaning cleaning up up your mental mess. And it basically provides five tips to change your brain. It's neurocycling and it's amazing. Because not only can you use it as a mom, but you can use it on your kids. You can use it on others. Highly recommend checking out that book. Yes, absolutely. And then also if there's, you know, like right now I'm taking courses for myself to better understand and utilize tools with the mental health and the mindset. So just don't be afraid to venture out and learn and humble yourself in that area too. Yeah, we follow and we did an episode with a fellow Instagrammer, Ashley of The Modern Parent. Oh, she's amazing. And she's a licensed clinical social worker and she just put out a parenting course as well. So honestly, we've connected with a lot of um, not only professionals, but parents in Instagram. Utilize the hashtags, utilize the community. Love it. Yeah, I just want to add to that to your listeners. I... A lot of times when we're going through things like Lindsay is new to the journey of homeschooling. She's new to the journey of these different traits and behavioral issues. I'm new to different journeys. A lot of times you want advice from parents who are going through it and who are evolving in situations. I think there might be a little bit of a, of a holdback with some people asking advice from moms um, because you may not have that license behind your name or those initials, but you know what? I have learned so much from fellow moms going through the experience that I'm going through and right. has offered me a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. to utilize and 
use those tools to apply to my children. So I just wanted to add that. Yes, that's good. And if someone wanted to get a hold of you guys, so you mentioned your website and obviously your um, Instagram channel or page, can you name everywhere <laughs> that they can get a hold of you if they have any more questions? We've made it super easy. Yes. <laughs> we are the mindset moms. We are the mindset moms on YouTube. We are the mindset moms <laughs> on Instagram. And our um, website is the mindsetmoms.kajabi.com. So basically, if you Google that name, we should come up. And the only thing added on the podcast is literally the mindset moms podcast. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So oh, if you want to find us on the podcast, that's it. You just have to type in the Mindset Moms podcast. Yes. So yeah, Yay. that's how you can find us. And we're really active on most platforms, mm -hmm. specifically Instagram, because we've built a really awesome community over there with like-minded yeah. women. Yeah. So that's where you can find us. Wonderful. It was great having you too. I'm so excited that you came on. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you thank for having you. us. Awesome. Bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.